Good Shepherd Sermon for Sunday, April 23rd, 2023. Pastor Paul Talberg. Good Shepherd Lutheran Church and School is located in Wisconsin Rapids, Wisconsin, in the United States. Our mission is simple and bold. We seek to grow in faith and knowledge of our Savior Jesus. We want to make him known to others so that they too may share the joys that Jesus has won for them. Here's Pastor. This is the day the Lord has made. We will rejoice and be glad in it. Amen. God's word for meditation is from 1 Peter, chapter 1, where God told Peter and taught him the exact words to put down for us. You pray to God, call him Father. This Father judges each man's work equally. So while you're here on earth, you should live with respect for God. You know that in the past you were living in a worthless way. You got that way of living from the people who lived before you. But you were saved from that useless life. You were bought. But not with something that ruins like gold or silver. You were bought with the precious blood of the death of Christ, who was like a pure and perfect lamb. Christ was chosen before the world was made. He was shown to the world in these last times for you, you believe in God through Christ. And God raised Christ from death and gave him glory. So your faith and your hope are in God. May the words of my mouth and the thoughts of our hearts be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our defender. Amen. Deuta Eidete. Oh, man, there's those words again. That was Easter. Deuta, Eidita. Deuta, Deuta, Deuta. Come, uh, see. Come and see. Deuta, Eidita. Just like we had to be reminded of that little phrase, those two words from an Easter sermon. So I'm going to remind you of another word that we use a lot in English, and we use it a lot in connection with our Savior. And when Luther wrote his explanation about who Jesus Christ really is, he also used that word. I'm going to read what Luther wrote because what Luther wrote didn't come out of thin air. It came from this part of God's word that we just read. It says, I believe that Jesus Christ, true God, begotten of the Father from eternity and also true man born of the Virgin Mary is my Lord, who has redeemed me, a lost and condemned person, purchased and won me from all sins, from death, from the power of the devil, not with gold or silver, but with his holy precious blood and with his innocent suffering and death, that I may be his own and live under him in his kingdom and serve him in everlasting righteousness, innocence, and blessedness, just as he is risen from the dead, lives and reigns through all eternity, this is most certainly true. That whole section is talking about this redemption thing that Jesus won for us. So to understand redemption, understand redeem, you have to understand what in the world does that word mean. To redeem means to set someone free. To release somebody from captivity or maybe they're a slave. Anyway, it's to release them, to give them back their freedom. 
you are released from a place that you cannot get out of yourself. So if I'm a prisoner, I can't get out to work a job so I can pay off the judge. I can't get out to pay off the judge or pay my fine. I am stuck in prison until the judge says, okay, you're free to go. Redeem also means you're setting somebody free from a place where they cannot get by themselves and you're setting them free for a price. It's a good word to use to describe what Jesus did because redemption, that whole act, redeem, is what he did. His whole life was that whole thing to redeem us, lost and condemned. Uh, we were in quite a pickle, by the way. We, we, uh, we had sinned, and where did that come from? It came from, well, it's kind of like this. My wife and I were blessed with two wonderful children, both girls, both leaders, both very, very smart, both very kind. And i share with you, they were not always that way. They sometimes threw a temper tantrum. I know, hard to believe. They threw a temper tantrum. They would sometimes cry and scream when they didn't get their way. They would sometimes be disobedient to their mom and their dad. And where did they get that from? They got that from me. When I was a little boy, I also was naughty. And no one had to teach me to disobey or to be dishonest or to lie or to steal. It just came naturally. Where did I get that from? It came from my mom and dad. And that came from my grandma and my grandpa, going all the way back to Noah. Oh, before then, going back to Adam and Eve. They chose to disobey God. They chose death instead of life forever with him. They chose to listen to the lies of Satan instead of the living God who had created them and redeemed them. Oh, yeah, redeemed them from before time, the Lord says. Before he created anything, he put in motion this plan to get us into heaven. This redemption. So what we're doing now is we're going to look briefly at what does it mean what Jesus redeemed me. He redeemed me from death. He redeemed me for right now, for life right now, but for life forever. So what's the price? What's the price that needs to be paid to redeem me? How badly have I blown it? The Lord says there is no hope for me. If I'm going to try and get into heaven on my own, I can't sneak out of the prison of my sin. I can't pull the wool over my heavenly Father's eyes. I cannot fool him. I cannot bribe him. I cannot sneak past him into his heaven. I am eternally lost, except somebody's got to pay the price to get me out of my problem. And my problem is with sin. And it's in my DNA deep, deep, deep down. So God stepped into history. Remember the name of Jesus? He is called Emmanuel, God with us. He stepped into history. 
he did the unbelievable thing. He loved us. He knows how many times we lose our temper. He knows how many times we are short with each other. He knows how many times we had defied him with all those Ten Commandments. And yet he loves us. And he chose to redeem us and come into history and to rescue us. He redeemed us from death, and he did that with his blood. An incredible gift that we have from him. Not with gold or silver. The precious blood of Jesus Christ was like a lamb without blemish or spot. And he freely gave up his lifeblood so we could be with him forever in heaven. What a gift. We didn't ask for it. We were not looking for that gift. We were in our prison yelling at God, saying that he was being unfair to us. We were worse than the worst kids. And God loved us in spite of ourselves. Which gets us to uh, these disciples that are going on to Emmaus. They're all sad. Their feelings for Jesus had been huge. They really respected this guy. That's what they thought. This guy. He knew how to dress down those, those pompous idiots who were talking about themselves and how cool it was for them to worship in their temple with their temple rules. And Jesus talked about the scribes and the Pharisees like they were. They're all full of themselves. They were not full of God. They kind of liked that. And they kind of liked the fact that Jesus was able to help people. He didn't talk about helping people. He was actually helped people. You had an incurable disease, leprosy. You go to Jesus and he cures you. He doesn't even have to touch you. But we're told one time he even did the unbelievable thing. He touched someone who had leprosy and he said, I am willing, be clean. People of all time have been scared of death. That little girl, remember, 12 years old? No matter how many prayers her mom and dad prayed, she still died. And Jairus came to Jesus while she was just a little bit alive yet and, and said, sir, come with me and heal her. And by the time Jesus got to his house, she has already died. But Jesus is able to help, so he took the little girl by his, her hand and she said, little girl, time to get up. Just like that, she gets up. These two guys knew who Jesus was, the mighty God in the flesh. He walked on water. And when he told Peter to come to him in the middle of a storm, Peter walked on water. They'd never seen anything like this. They'd never heard anything like this. And now they knew that that guy had been terribly butchered by the Roman government. They had whipped his back raw, made fun of him. And this person who could raise the dead and cast out demons did nothing. Remember from that reading of the gospel? They were so sad and 
Jesus. They didn't know it was Jesus. But he came along and said, why are you guys so sad? And their hopes were dashed. Their feelings were crushed. They said we had hoped that he was going to be the one who would redeem Israel. There's that word again, redeem. That's what they had hoped. Their feelings were crushed. So what do you do when your feelings don't match up with what you think God should be doing? That's the discussion that Jesus had with those guys. It goes back to that word, redeem. They had said, oh man, we had hoped that he was going to redeem Israel. And what he did is in a little brief Bible study, (laughs) going to Emmaus, he opens up their minds so they could understand that their idea of who the Messiah is was way misguided, wrong. What happened is, yes, it was too small. He wasn't going to just redeem one. He's going to redeem all nations, all peoples, all languages. That's what's going to happen. And that's what did happen. And as he's going on and explaining that, they say, oh, oh. they want to hear more. So he comes in the room, he gives them himself, and he lets them see, and then he disappears. They're not afraid anymore. All of a sudden, in the evening, he'll rush them back to Jerusalem. They're all excited. Why? Because they met the Redeemer, the one who had did what he said he was going to do. And he did carry it out. You know, we have the problem with uh, sin because it starts all these fights that we have. We have a problem with sin because sin has ruined God's perfect creation and, and now people get sick. We have a problem with sin because nations fight each other. We have a problem with sin because people lie to each other and they deceive each other. We have a problem with sin because children disobey their parents And parents make it really hard for children to even come to Jesus. What are we going to do? God says, I have already done it. I have redeemed you. And when you understand what that means, then all of those promises of the scriptures, my goodness. If you go back to the Old Testament, he says, I have redeemed you. I have called you by name. You are mine. I have nothing to fear. God, my Father, purchased and won me from all sin, from death, from the power of the devil. He didn't use gold or silver. He used the holy, precious blood of his one and only Son. Wow. What incredible love for me. So if you have a sin that you think God cannot forgive, Don't be a fool. God has already forgiven it. If you think that you have a problem that's too big for God to untangle, don't be a fool. God has already given you the wisdom and the power and the love and the majesty of the entire Godhead to make sure that you understand your sin is forgiven, all sin is forgiven, and he is with you every step of the way to live your life to give him glory. That's what our life is now, to give God glory. Pretty simple. When you go back to the scriptures, you'll understand 
You have been redeemed. It's a done deal in the past. It's all wrapped up in a present and given to you. You are right now redeemed, even as you're sitting here. If you're watching online, you are redeemed right now wherever you're sitting. Whether it's in Australia or New York, it doesn't matter. God has redeemed you from all sin, from death, and from the power of the devil. And you are redeemed forever, which means that you and I are walking through this life, waiting to get home to heaven, and heaven will finally be able to live as he wants us to live without the problems that we run into with our sinful nature. So in Jesus' name, my dear friends, let's live like that this week with deep respect for the God and Father of, our, of us who loved us that much that he didn't hold back. And he sent his one and only son to rescue us. In his name, amen.